0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with the plan and
1: team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
0: Hi Hannies, it's Amir Sai, and you're back for season two of The Take On. Hi, everyone. It's Amir. You're back with The Take On. I'm here with Serena fucking Kerrigan. Yes, you heard me. Serena fucking Kerrigan. Hi, honey. How are you?
1: I'm amazing. How are you? Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, my God. Are you kidding? I was literally delayed because I was watching uh, your second date with Alex. I was so into it.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) What a time.
0: What a time. I mean, you created this whole platform, Let's Fucking Date. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, in the pandemic, kind of right when March and, you know, everything kind of shut down, what made you kind of come up with this idea? It's really genius. Thank you so
1: much. Um, Well, I quit my job in February. Um, I was working as a producer at Refinery29 for three and a half years, and I felt like I wasn't really able to grow the way that I wanted to there, especially on camera. And so I decided to take a leap and, you know, take a risk on myself. I had built a brand on the side as my side hustle. And, um, and then the pandemic hit and a lot of the things that I was working on, which were like a lot of event-based things and shoots and whatever, like it all stopped. And so I noticed that everyone was going live a lot. Um, obviously on Instagram, it was like the big hot thing. And I had been asked to do this before the pandemic to do like this kind of this dating show. We're blindfolded and it's a blind date. Um, and the hosts were like, we're actually going to do it on zoom. And we ended up, I convinced them to do it on Instagram. Cause I was like, none of my friends are going to like put a hunch in a zoom password. Right. So we did it on Instagram and they were very misogynistic and sexist towards me. They were like this girl, like, first of all, they were flirting with me in the like intro call. And I was like, wait, aren't you guys setting me up with someone else? Like I literally thought maybe there's a chance. They were going to set me up with them s- themselves. It was very odd. And yeah. then, you know, the whole capability of having hosts and then me and them didn't work on Instagram because, and the date, because you can only have two accounts. Right. And after I did two episodes, cause I loved it. My fans loved me on it. I loved the experience of that. Like that's so what I've been, I'm great at. And right. I worked at refinery Twenty Nine. like in, I was on the live team for almost two years. So right. I, it's like producing 60 assets a month for them. So I really understood live in front and behind the camera and like the cadence and just like the nuances of it. Um, and then like, I remember there was an episode where they were like talking about me after and they were like, someone needs to put her in her place. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'll put y'all in, my, in your place. Like I literally was like, I don't need you. I was like, I don't need you. So I went to my audience. I was like, listen, I want to continue doing this dating um, what should be the name of my show? And from the get go, my audience, like in my followers, which has grown exponentially because of the show, but the the is like, they really were, so integral to the show. And I think that's why the show took off was because, because a lot of people have done dating shows, I've seen it, but it's really the community. It was like very much their show, right? They play God in a way, whether it's in the comment section or whether they decide who goes on a second date, like they're very much ingrained within the experience. And then on the after show, they can become stars of the show as well. Right. So there, we had these like staple people that like I've never met before, but now have become So a part of let's fucking date. And I think that that's just a new type of media that we really haven't tested before, like having a reality show and having the audience be the, you know, as just as important piece of it, you know, as the actual star of it.
0: Absolutely. It's kind of cool because it's like you bring people into your world, especially people that follow you. A lot of times there's this like distance between the celebrity or the influencer and their followers. So I love that you're bringing them into your world. That's really, really smart. And also that confidence, like um, I was on your website and you're talking about, you know, the confidence coaching and being the queen of confidence. Cause I get that a lot as well, but it's very like, I work at it. People are like, oh, you're so confident, but I work at it. Like I can talk to a room of a thousand people, but sometimes I get shy in a group, like a smaller group. So how do you navigate that? And what's your advice for confidence building?
1: Yeah, no, I'm a confidence coach. That's another business that really took off during quarantine. Um, I, you know, I developed confidence like through, you know, since I was 18, I changed my name to fucking. And that was like my way of reminding myself, you know how amazing I am. And I think that the thing is, it's really simple. It's like, you have to treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. Like if your best friend was talking, dating a toxic guy, you tell him, tell her to dump him. If your best friend was like, I don't know if I'm good enough to go for the job, what would you say? You'd say, go for it anyway. We are so nurturing to all the people we love in our lives. And we very much tend to neglect ourselves. So I tell my clients, like, do you speak poorly of your best friend? No. Do you tell your best friend that she looks like shit? No. Do you tell your friend she's not good enough? No. What do you say to your best friend and start repeating that to yourself and all of the shit you wouldn't say to your best friend that's out of your vocabulary so that's really the major that's the major piece of advice i have
0: I love that. How do you navigate, like, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of self-help books and mantras and, you know, put like a sticky note on the window and say, I'm beautiful. How do you navigate when people are kind of like, like if you have a client that's a bit more skeptical, like, are you fucking kidding me? No,
1: no one's skeptical because I don't deliver it like that. Like I don't Mm. deliver, I don't believe in affirmations. I don't believe in like saying you're worthy because you would not say that to your best friend. I've never said in my life to a best friend, you're worthy. That line doesn't exist. I'd also don't say to my best friend, love yourself, love yourself. No, I say like, you're the fucking shit. And I don't know why I have to remind you so much, but I'm going to do it anyway. That is the dialogue. It's very real. And it's all things that we already do before. I. That's kind of why I started my business because the whole confidence industry didn't speak to me. I found it really unrelatable. I was like, I, it's so live, laugh, love. And I'm like, Serena fucking Kerrigan, we don't do that. So that is kind of why I don't really have anyone that's skeptical because the way that I communicate confidence is what they already know, but the way that I communicate it is just very digestible and it's real. And for them also to see, and I have clients ranging from 14 to 60 years old, right? So like for them to also see someone who's like, I've been insecure and like literally this is literally what I did. And if you do it, I promise you you're golden, But it takes work, like anything in life,
0: right? Absolutely. And speaking of work, a lot of people might see your platform and be like, Oh my God, like she makes it look easy. Like she just kind of did it. She created this world and people kind of came to her. But like, how do you navigate that for new people? Cause a lot of people see my TikTok. Oh, how do you have this many followers and you built it? And, but it's a lot of work. Like, I'm like, are you ready to post seven times a day? Are you ready to like not sleep? Like, how did you navigate that? Cause I know that like in quarantine, you throw yourself in it. Like, did you get burnt out? Like, it's a lot like to build an empire.
1: Oh my God. Like, I mean, I, my assistant was like, I'm going to start a drinking game every time you say to me, like this month is going to be really intense because like literally the amount that I have like going for me is just, it's so crazy. And like, but this is is the thing. It's like, I set really high goals for myself and I'm like, who's like, if we just sit and watch Netflix, like what's going to happen? Nothing. So you have to do it. And like, and that's why it is like the most important thing that you do, what you love, like what do you enjoy and really like, dive into that and like so as much as let's fucking date is very exhausting it's a live audience i'm monitoring like how many people are watching the comments the date i'm a host i'm watching notes from my producer all at the same time i love it there's nothing else i would rather do so That's so when you That's like amazing. like you know it's funny you mentioned tiktok because like you know i i can't i can't do this i can't i can't do this seven times a day on tiktok and i get not envious but like i'm like oh fuck like i wish i would post more on tiktok but it's like well i not everyone on TikTok has a fucking dating show. So it's like, you have to decide, you can't beat yourself up for not being everywhere and doing everything. It's better to commit to one thing and become the best at it. And I was like, let's fucking date. Like I had a show, not just let's fucking date. I had it quarantinis with SFK. It was every day at 30. get fucked up on my couch because I was alone in my apartment during quarantine. And then my friend gave me great advice. And he was like, forget quarantinis, just do let's fucking date. That's your show. Create an Instagram for it put all the episodes up, get a social media manager, get a community manager, like just go all in. And that was the best advice I got because I was like, You're, that was the idea. And when I really committed, that's when it took off. And then we sold it to brands. And I think like we're already talking about what we're going to do after season two ends. Like, you know, I have a card game that I created out of it, you know, that sold out yeah. twice in 22 hours. Like it's like, it's a whole brand now, you know, it's reinventing the dating space. What does it mean to date, you know, in a pandemic?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you yeah. touch on something that I think is fascinating is monetizing an idea, right? I, I know someone else who did like a blind karaoke show and couldn't really kind of on IG live and couldn't really monetize it, but you've done an amazing job monetizing it, you know, with air France and a bunch of different brands. How did you like, obviously your experience at refinery 29 and kind of this, like, I don't give a fuck attitude that I also have. Um, it's like this, I call it the publicist energy. I was a publicist for years. It's like this energy of like, I'm going to ask for it and I'm going to get it. Did you go to these brands or were they starting to come to you at some point?
1: No, we so I finished season one and Bumble had approached us because I heard that Whitney, who is the the f- founder and CEO, she actually really loved the show. And I didn't I found this out later that she was like, like, we got to work with her. And it, it felt so, you know, it was that was the perfect partnership because, you know, my entire messaging with Let's Fucking Date was we're in a pandemic. If you're single, you better start virtually dating. Like, that is the way. And by the way, and I was like, I'm curing I'm curing loneliness for singles like this is, yep. you're, this is how you're gonna do it. I feel like I was a big part of what what made virtual dating cool because everyone's like oh my god like a face I'm like what I'm like you sit with this motherfucker for three hours knowing that you don't want to go on a second date but you can't FaceTime with him for five minutes like if you can't FaceTime with someone you, it's not your person because that it, it's all that conversation it's all about just vibing and writing chemistry Mm-hmm. So Winnie did reach out and then we, but I was already like, so burnt out, you know, I'd been doing lots of me for three months, Bumble reached out. They were like, we want to do a month long thing. And I was like, listen, I can't, like, I, I cannot, like I need to stop. And I, I, I'm a big firm believer. And when your idea is really, really good, you know, you have to know when to leave. Like it, I think a lot of people make the mistake where it's like, they just keep going and going and going, but then it gets stale. It's better to leave, give them wanting, leave them wanting more and then bring it and then find a way to change it bring something, you know, fresh to it. And that's basically what I said. And my mom who's in television, she was like, what do you mean you're going to stop doing it? Like there's no content, like Tiger Kings, everyone's watched it. Like, you know, it was like, and she was right. But I was like, but I was like, I agree. I think we should bring it back. But I think that what, if, we, if we're we going to bring it back. Everything needs to feel elevated. And so I went into with an intention for season one. The intention was let's just fucking try shit. And that's what any creator should do. Just try stuff. No one gives a shit. No one's thinking about you. No one's, no one's checking the likes as much as you, no one cares. Right. And then the intention for season two was, okay, so the concept works. We have an audience. How do we prove that you can have a real reality show on Instagram? Because the amount of questions I got was, well, like, when are you going to sell it to like, when is it going to be real? Like, you know, and I was like, We spend the majority of our day on Instagram, so why is it so crazy to think that you can have legitimacy of a television show there? And so I was like, okay, if we're going to make this legit, what does that mean, right? So it meant like a graphics package, a producer, you know, I already had the social media manager, but like marketing, PR, just like everything elevated, like an editor, like, you know, an intro, a theme song, like everything you would think about what is a real show. And then also the marketing strategy we did with the flyers everywhere around the world, which was like amazing. And so in order to do that, you need money. So I, I, you know, worked really closely with my managers and my team and I, I went to brands I'd already worked with. And I think that that is something that I, from the beginning was very important to me um, was never work with a brand. If you don't actually like their product or you don't really give a fuck about their product. And the second I like, I, so I have turned down a lot of shit, a lot, but I just like, I won't do it because, my whole brand is about being authentically yourself. So it's just like, that would just seem like a no, but what was good was a lot of the brands I went to, like I'd already worked with them. I've already like told them that I love them. It felt so organic and, and real. And I was, and I, you know, we made an amazing pitch deck and I basically told my managers to communicate, communicate to them. Like you will, it will be a regret if you don't join this because this is a trailblazing moment. No one's done this. It's an empowered woman taking her love life into our hands. It's a new concept, new form of television. Like it would be a fucking mistake for you not to jump on this. And so Amen. we did a month with Bumble. We worked with Hint. We worked with Bev. And um, we did something with Mom Champagne. And and brands now are like, could we do it? I'm like, season's ending. So no. Okay. Um, but I think it's really about if you believe in your product, if you believe in what you are making, people will, you know, the worst thing I can say is no.
0: Amen. So Amen. Like, Amen.
1: But you could tell I really believed in it. And, and we did it. We sold the whole show. Thank God. Because I was like,
0: I've already had hired wow. people. So that's, I mean, so like, it's kind like, of amazing. Better, we better sell this thing. You're like, I better get this home, right? <laughs> that is funny. Um, for people listening, I think a lot of people that, you know, saw the show and when I was watching as well, it, it seems like. What, from Refinery29 and, and then getting the show off the ground, did you let go of, like, that need for perfection? Because when I started my um, podcast, I had to let go of a lot of that perfection. I wanted to be in a studio and I wanted to do this. And I had to kind of give it up. Did you have, like, in quarantine, obviously we don't have all the access, but you had to do things yourself. Like, do, wh- where along the way did you give up that need for perfection?
1: Oh, my God, Amir. Like, you literally, like, I mean... It's, it was really, truly like quarantine was what I needed, like to launch mm-hmm. my career, but really like the perfect moment. It's like, I quit refinery coming from studio, DP, editor, mayor and makeup, blah, 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 Not that we had any budget to really work with, but still we had all those resources right. to me alone in my apartment with a fucking ring light and a phone. I mean, like the anxiety, but that's why I was like, live, live. I'm amazing at live. Let's do live. Like, let's just go. Let's do it. You know, and that, that's the thing. I think, you know, in the beginning, and I struggle with this still with my TikToks. I'm spending hours and my assistant is like, she's Gen Z, you know, and she's just like, no, a, just post it. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, you're right. It doesn't like, I, I think, you know, I watched this 4,000 times and then it bombs. And I'm like, why did I even, you know, it's like. You just create, just become, you know, and the more you do it, the more it just kind of flows. Um, But like what you're saying is like, I resonate with it so much, but I thought it was a really good, it proved to me that I didn't need shit that I only in myself, my idea is that I'm perfectly capable and that you can do everything virtually anyway. But it really pushed me outside of my comfort zone and to, and to give up this, like, you don't need the flashing lights and the perfection all the time. And, you know, even with, like, LFD, like, there's always a fucking technical difficulty and I don't give a fuck. I'm like, what, like, what, like, what do you, like, what do you I'm not Verizon Wireless, like, I don't care. Um, but I think, you know, it's whenever I talk to young women that want to be creators and want, you know, they're like, they think, the first idea is the idea and has to be the perfect. And I said, no, 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 That's not how it works. Your first podcast is going to be way shittier than your 50th. And my first episode of LFT was a a disaster, but like, you know, you just try it. Like you just have to keep doing it. You're going to keep learning. And, um, and it's just important to just try, like to just do it. Like that's like, it's so hard though. I'm like such a fucking perfectionist. I think I would be a lot more prolific. Like I think I would have a lot more content out if I wasn't such a perfectionist, but that being said, I prefer quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. I prefer a really amazing video that took me longer to make than like 50 kind of whatever videos. And that's the same with like my audience, right? Like I see a lot of other creators with so many more followers and sometimes it's a little like what the fuck, I literally like pour my heart and soul into everything I do, like why? But I'm like, but the eighty thousand that are with me are with me. Like, it's not like they're just following because, like, whatever. They're like, t- till my grave, will be with me.
0: Amen. And and so, that, and those are the quality over quantity. I think it. I've worked with influencers who have millions of followers, and they don't. Their followers are not like ride or die with them. They don't they're even
1: know them, right? Like, I know the names of my OGs. Like, I know them. I have a Facebook group. I interact with them. Like, they think I'm their friend, and like, I don't blame. Them. Like, I like you know. But I'm there for them. I'm also a coach. Like, I spend a lot of one-on-one time with like hundreds of my fans because wow. I genuinely care about them being confident and successful and empowered. And I want to explain like what I did wasn't because I was like special. Sure. I'm born with the men's privilege. I know that, but it was really believing yourself and hard work. Like that's it. So if you can start believing in yourself and doing the work, like you could do whatever you want, you know? So, but I, it's, it's fucking frustrating. I'm still like, I, I'm getting to hundred K by 2021. Like it's happening. Like I'm manifesting it. Yes.
0: I, I see that yeah. for you too. You got to manifest it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's hard though. It, it, people are always like, don't compare yourself. But unfortunately when you're like the two of us and you put your heart and soul into this, you can't help, but be like, this person's like not doing that. And they're, they're moving ahead. So it, I relate to you that. Know
1: what? Yeah. Agreed. And sometimes I, ha- I, I hear myself, I see or hear myself feeling that thing but then I'm like, but that person isn't me and their mm-hmm. brand isn't mine. And I'm so fucking proud of my brand and what I built. And I think it's universal and I think it's, it's timeless. And I just think it's, it's unlike anything else. Like I will say that, like, I know what I built, like it fucks. So it's like, people will see it will happen. You just got to trust the timing of your life and focus on what you can control. Okay. So exposure is the issue. Go on podcasts, speak to other creators, get in front of, you know what I mean? It's like it's, the, the comparing is bullshit because it, you're not doing anything productive. So it's like, well, what can get me there? What can get me to 100K by 2021? Let's talk about it. Let's, exactly. let's uh, download OnlyFans if we have to, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly. We'll do it. We'll do it all. As long as I always say, as long as it's legal, and I think working as a publicist, as long as it's legal, I'm in. Like, if we can I mean, get the out there,
1: I'll do anything.
0: <laughs> <once>. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Serena, talk to me a little bit about the S fk factor or effect i really like on your website i thought that was really fun so can you talk to me a little bit about creating that kind of concept
1: oh um what is that specific to
0: well like well the way that you well you created this like you know the the serena fucking kerrigan effect right it's like and then you have the skincare and all the different brands under that Umbrella. Oh, yeah. Like you've almost created like a is it kind of like almost like a sew house? Like that's a, kind of like the private club. Oh my God,
1: I love that. I love that. Um, that's so funny that you say that because I literally just like do do I just put that on my website because I literally was like, if I get asked one more fucking question about my skincare routine, like that's a thing though, you know, that's what's like very a tricky thing for me to navigate is that like I'm not an influencer. But everyone thinks I am. But then they're like, "But you're not like other influencers I'm like, because I'm not. I'm an icon, like I'm like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a star, bitch." Like so. But then I'm like, "Uh, but I am kind of an influencer too." So nothing. I, I think it really goes back to like I love the Soho house idea. I mean, an SFK's Soho house like that box like that's happening. Great idea. Thank you. I will you're give welcome. you a cut of that. But I think thank it's more like when I like something, whether it's a song that I make my assistant play 400 times in a row, whether it's you know, a bottle of water or whether it's like, you know, a piece of clothing. Like when I like something, I I fucking like, it's a fuck yes. Mm -hmm. And I will like stand by it. And that's why the partnerships are just so easy because it's like, yeah, I fucking love this. Like, obviously I'm going to promote it. So, you know, I think there's just like being authentic and being passionate and like honest, I think it's just, it just gets you so far, you know, like I begged hint water, of course, like that's not the water I'm drinking right now. But anyway, I'm obsessed. It's like all everywhere in my house, everywhere in my friends. Like I begged them for two years. I was like, You don't understand. Like, I need to make content for you. You know, like and because it just makes me because when I make content, video content, like for me it's an opportunity to make a short film. Like, because I, I've made films since I was 15, you know, in high school and and I went to school for film. And so for me, it's like great, I have budget to like make something that's a movie, like a mini movie. So that's why I, I beg these brands. I'm like, let me do it. I have this concept for you. Like I love my air fryer. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I know like Friendsgiving air fryer. Like it's, a, she makes everything her air fryer. Like it was a brilliant concept. Of course, like they weren't down because like they didn't have the budget or whatever. But regardless, like when I see a product, I'm like, how does she, this product fit into the SFK lifestyle? Because SFK is a, is a persona. Right. She's unapologetically herself. She thinks the sidewalk is her red carpet. She's just like the baddest bitch. She's always in a ball gown with a fucking martini or wine. Like that's SFK. She's a character. So it's so fun to write for her. You know, Mm -hmm. like what would she do in this situation? What would she do with an air fryer? Like that's fucking funny. (laughs) I'll make it one day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price
0: go to your happy price price line i love that i love that the idea that the runway the sidewalk is your runway i love that and how do you do you when you take off that persona at the end of the day like like what is the real you because a lot of people i have that persona on tiktok as well you know i'm running around like just being crazy that's not really like it's a persona so when you take it off like what kind of Brings you back to normal. What balances you out?
1: Yeah, I think that, like, you know, this is a conversation, Mama. Like, I think that, you know, I know how to really turn it on, but S.F.K. and Syrian are very like here. I think it's honestly, like, really, truly, like S.F.K. is my Aries and serena is my cancer because like that's my son like and i it's like really like i can't believe i'm like saying shit like that like but it's really fucking true i've, I've like read about it and like met with a lot of astrologers and like it's like Love as a kid like this impulsive loud like fucking bad bitch like direct like first in line like impatient like wants everything now and my cancer side which is my rising moon like i'm very sensitive i'm much more chill and calm you know and like I'm just, like, I'm not, like, that loud. Like, I'm, I'm a listener. Like, I like to listen. I, co- I coach, and you know. And I don't know. I think that that's – and that's the thing. It's, like, you think a lot of people, when they first come to my profile, they've said this to me. They're, like, when I first, like, saw you, I'm, like, who the fuck is this girl? Like, I hated you. And I was, like, sounds like a projection of your insecurity because you're not confident, for one. Yep. And then they're like, well, but then when I saw, like, you're not, you know, you're so much more than that. And I think that it, it was very major for me to show my other side, to show Serena, you know, that the like the sensitive, vulnerable side of me, which so exists beyond. That's how all my friends know me, you know. So, uh, but it's good. I think it's good for me to have S.F.K. as almost protector, right? Like, because as you become more of a public persona, like you want to protect that vulnerability. And I think Paris Hilton was like the perfect example of doing that. She created, Paris Hilton is the OGS, okay? Like, she created a character, totally. you know? And everyone was like, that's the real her. And she's like, bitch, no, it's not. Like, I'm so fucking smart. Like, I'm making zillions of dollars. So it's the same kind of, it's like Lady Gaga, Sasha Fears. It's all that shit.
0: Absolutely. Well, it also protects you a little bit too. It gives you a little bit of a buffer from the real right. world. It does. And yeah. it feels good. Like, when people message me and they're like, I fucking hate your character. You're so annoying. It's not really me. It's part of me, but it's like, it an also expensive- fuck that. Then go so watch it. <laughs> I just reply. I reply with video. That's what I love about TikTok. You can reply with a video.
1: reply. Fuck them. Like literally like you do not want what doesn't want you. They're projecting. Goodbye.
0: See ya. Bye bye. That's free coaching guys. That's free coaching. I love it.
1: I just don't even give them the time. They want you to react. Like fuck them. Of
0: course they want. Of course they want. They want the, they want their clout chasers. You know how it is. Um, I want to ask you, uh, I loved this article you wrote about being um, you know, white passing Latina. I'm a white passing Persian. So I get invalidated my identity. A lot of times people my are like,
1: is a white passing Persian too.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, like how do you navigate that where kind of your get your identity gets invalidated and it's like you're proud of who you are? And I, I loved the article because you were talking about, you know, I speak Spanish and I'm proud of it and all of that, and the way your mom gave you advice about that as well. I thought that was really cool. And I feel like those things in the two of us kind of add to our confidence actually like being having kind yeah. of been validated
1: you know it's funny like i think when i read that article it was i think 2017 like i didn't i was very young and um i didn't fully understand the immense privilege that i had as a white passing woman it was very frustrating it's very frustrating to anyone when someone tells you that you're proud of something and you're talking about your and someone's like no <laughs> like no, like you cannot possibly be Latinx because you're white or you don't speak Spanish. I'm like fluently, thank you though. Like it's it's so shitty, and I spent a lot of like my life like like clinging on to and like trying to amplify this identity because on the surface level I didn't fit that box and I think it's BS I think that the whole Latinx box is very complicated we saw with the election because a Cuban is different than a Mexican is different than Argentinian it is different than you know someone from Honduras like it's so different and they box us all in Mm -hmm. and they're like you're not brown like you don't have you know like your last name isn't fucking like Jimenez like and I'm like but so what, right? Like people in to look like me, so and my dad is American. It's so like, but, hello. But yeah. I think that I've moved away from. I find like that article, like I read it now, and I'm like, yeah, like I wouldn't write that now because, okay. yes, it is frustrating. But for me, I'm like, but I'm fine, you know. And there's so many people that aren't because of the way that they look, and so that to me if I could redo a delete the article and give that article for someone else to write about their own struggles, because I'm taking up space as it is. And I think it's important to amplify voices and minority voices that, you know, aren't, aren't empowered, (laughs) quite frankly, you know? So, but I appreciate you asking and I'm so, so, so unbelievably proud of being Latina. And like the best gift my mom ever gave me was, was speaking Spanish. and like being able to connect and see my family every year and really connect with them and connecting with people in New York and LA and whatever. Mm -hmm. But If I could delete, I would delete that article.
0: Interesting. That's why
1: I would rewrite it. I would rewrite it. it. How's that?
0: There I like that. I like that. Because I think that there is a level of like us knowing our privilege, but also at the end of the day, I'm still Amir Hassan. I might look white, but I enter a room and people know my name and it does affect the way people see things. And, you know, people know, oh, your mom wears a headscarf. You're Muslim. And then people get really weird, even if I look white. But
1: like, people are so whack. Like, why do we need to fit into motherfucking boxes? I can be S O K and I can be Serena. I can be a bad bitch and I can be wife material. Like... Like, it's just, like, God forbid. Like, it's just, like, you know, it's just so, like, it's so archaic, to be honest. And it's very so right. lame. And it's so patriarchal. And it's so white male. Really? I'm like, I'm done. Okay? Like, we're done with that.
0: We're done with the white straight male taking over space. Like, I'm done. Like, please. No, thank you. Um, speaking of that, I, I want to go back to the, the show real quick. I liked the way that you navigated these dates. And one of them that stood out is when you were dressed in Marilyn Monroe and you got very vulnerable. And you were... I believe the dater's name was Jeff, if I'm not mistaken. It was Alex. Alex, Alex. Yes, it was Alex. Um, and you were you, you kind of, like, you let us in, and it was, like, such a, like, you were very vulnerable, and I really, really resonated with that. And yes. the way that you navigated that date, I, I want to ask you about kind of, like, the exhaustion of being vulnerable, but also, what happens after these dates? Are they texting you? Are they sending dick pics? Like, what's happening after we go live? No
1: dick pics. They're really sweet. This season's definitely, I think the daters are much more mature and like they're, they're, they're legit. Um, yeah, there's, there's texting and it's difficult for me to navigate, I think, because like the show is continuing. So I'm like, like, I don't, you know, but I do talk to them and like the whole point of the show is to make connection and to like have relationships. I actually like, I plan to see some of them in real life, which is going to be interesting. That's tea. That's some, that's some breaking news tea that I'm giving you. That's good. So that'll be interesting. And yeah, I talked to them And someone last night, someone from season one came who I like had a really good relationship with, but it fills it out because he went on big brother. So he came on my show and like took me totally by surprise. And I was like, oh, and it was great. And like the chemistry was there. So it totally put a kind of a wrench in things.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy because like, if you do meet someone, does like, do you adjust the, the, like the empire, do you adjust? Like, how do you navigate that? Like if you meet someone and, and I, we all want that for you. Like we want you to be in a happy relationship. But then does that take away from the brand? Like that's, that's always really hard to navigate. How do you navigate that?
1: You know, I don't really like live in hypotheticals. Like I do it as I go. Like, I think it's important to, you know, as much as it's like, yeah, like a single girl being empowered. I think it's also important to show what an empowered woman looks like in a relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. There you go.
1: So we crossed that bridge. To be fair, these dates are 30 minutes on Instagram live. Like it's going to take a little more for me to get wiped up.
0: <laughs> That's true. Like a lot more. Yeah. Like a lot.
1: So yeah. it's a good, it's a great intro, but it's going to, it's going to take more. And I think it's also interesting seeing their personalities off of live and mine as well. I think Marilyn Monroe, that episode was the most I've ever showed really like my truth. Yeah. And it was scary as fuck.
0: I I was like feeling it for you because I know it's hard. It's hard to be vulnerable like that, especially on an Instagram live because I've done, there's no editing. (laughs) No, there's no editing and there's people commenting and all of that. So like kudos to you. That's a lot. Worth it. It's worth it. I mean, listen, if, if, if we're not, listen, if we're not the ones doing it, someone else is. So that's how I always see it. I, the reason I get up out of bed is because I'm like, if I don't take up the space as a queer Muslim, someone else is going to do it. So yeah, I man. better do it. And I'm going to do it as hard as I can. And as long as I can walk, I'm going to keep doing it. So
1: I literally, like, everything you say, I'm like, when you're not doing it, you love and you're not like someone's doing it, they're, mm-hmm. they're doing it and they're doing, doing better than you.
0: Like
1: yes. hurry up. Yeah. I live with that urgency too. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love that yeah. urgency and I think the pandemic helped us both, which is amazing. I want to wrap up it because I think it's really important the way that you give advice to people like you do the reaction videos on reels and people have questions and they like, what's the, like your go-to advice when it comes to someone who's like, I can't meet anyone because of these reasons. And I'm kind of stuck. Right. There's especially like with gay men, there's so much that we get stuck in the, in the grinders and the dating and all of that. Like there's anyone, I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter what your presentation is. We get stuck in the dating of it all. Like, how do you get out of that? Like, cause there's, there's so much pressure with that word dating.
1: I think that that's the thing. It's like who, who created this pressure ain't you or me, it's like, there is this deep, deep, deep premium placed on marriage. Think about it. Gay marriage, like being gay wasn't really like legal. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like, okay until there was gay marriage do you see that why couldn't you, why couldn't just be like we're all good gays yes let's fucking go we love you no it had to be marriage mm-hmm. because our government places a premium on marriage the way we don't do any other relationship mm-hmm. we could have a husband and a wife or a husband and a husband have a kid together for 10 years but they're not married oh something's wrong with them what's going on that's so weird mm-hmm. they could be the happiest happier than any married couple Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important to realize where is this pressure coming from? And is it real or is it a narrative given to us by a white man in charge?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's what I tell women. I'm like, eh, 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 eh. focus on becoming financially independent, having great relationships with, you know, there's tons of friends of mine that I would rather raise a kid with than a man. Like truly, like there, there are a lot of relationships in my life that I've been for. I mean, my roommate, I've known her since I was in seventh grade. And I will know, like, she is like, but, but I, we don't even celebrate our relationship. We don't have a friend we not don't, We don't, like, give each other gifts. You know, it's, like, it's so interesting because she, like, I would choose her over anyone these days. Exactly. You know? And it's not, you know, so it's, like, I think it's important to realize, like, that shit, that pressure is not real. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand for women, if they want to have a baby, it's harder, right? You know, hopefully freezing your eggs will become something that is more affordable because I think that that is like that stressor is tough, but ultimately like you can, you know, wait to have a baby for a while now. And I just think like, focus on what, doing what you love and it will happen for you. Because at the end of the day, someone wants to be with someone who's confident, who's independent and who doesn't need them. That's like the sexiest thing ever. And so I'm just focusing on like making money, building my brand, paying my employees, having a, you know, and just doing what I want to do. And someone will come along the way. The irony is like, I'm doing a dating show, but I think that the dating show is so much more than just trying to meet, trying to meet someone. Right. It was so much more than that. It was like about building connections, being empowered, showing how to like, you know, say what you want. Cause at the end of the day, you want to be with someone who knows everything about you and loves you the way that you are, you know? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And navigating yourself. Like I I feel like there's, every time I go on a date, whether it's, I've been on dates where it's horrible. Like he was almost like yelling at me, but I learned stuff about myself. I realized oh, like, if I'm in an environment where I don't feel good. I can get up and leave. I never had that option in the way I grew up. I never had that option. I was like, oh, I don't like this guy. Okay, bye. I'm walking. out. out. Yeah. And virtually it's even better. You just click X. <laughs> that's amazing
1: yeah no it's about finding yourself that's why i'm like take the pressure off just go on dates see what you like like you know start writing a list of what what is it that you want in a partner but I also just like i think again like women are especially are pressured to that is like what government wants us to do is become submissive because then we like you know we're a a man we have to change our last name like it's all bullshit i want to get married but it's like well, I'm not cheating because three because Serena fucking Kerrigan stays. But it's like, if you really think about it and unveil, you're like, yo, this is this whole system. Why the fuck does the government, intro- why do we need a license? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me, right? When you think about gay marriage, biracial marriage, you know, it's when you think about it, it's like, why? Like, why did that all of a sudden decide? Marriage, right? Yes. Oh. Also, That's retirement, right? Well when you're married to someone, you're entitled to have their retirement. So the government has enough to take care of you.
0: There you go. There you go. We're
1: being brainwashed,
0: y'all. Yes, we are. And you, you listen—the whole gay marriage thing—I never even thought about it because this idea of legitimacy, right? The minute the government's like, "Oh, marriage," now it's like a premium, and it's like, "Okay, this is okay now." That's Bullshit. crazy. I never thought about. it. Right. Wow. So it's like
1: no, just no. you know. And I think it it puts a lot of pressure. And I talk to girls that are like fucking fourteen, and they're like, "I don't know the boyfriend." I'm like, oh "My God, no!" You know. But I was that girl too, because that is the shit that we're fed. Think about Cinderella. Like, literally think about that movie. Like, girl that's abused, can't do anything for herself. So she gets glam squad, goes to a ball. Rich dude's like, I got you, going to choose you. And then they live happily ever after. That messaging that was, like, ingrained since I was four years old, uh -uh. uh-uh. I mean, no wonder. No wonder we're feeling insecure when we don't have a boyfriend. Because we're constantly told, like, you know, look hot, get your man. Then he'll be happy.
0: Right or, or look at look at Little Mermaid like get feet to get dick like the right. only bad your voice. person is for a man.
1: Give up your voice.
0: Exactly, <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> not good. I'm out
1: Disney. Disney, <laughs> they tricked me. <laughs> my mom was like, "Do this TikTok," because my mom's Hispanic. She's like, "Do this TikTok," and I'm like, "Like no, like I'm not like like I'm not a lip singer. I'm not.
0: Either am I? I'm always a little late.
1: I know Yeah, I'm crying yeah, here right. but we should do a duet together
0: oh my god we should totally I'd be so down we're, we're gonna find something cute to do together that's um, the okay. way to my heart is to do at me that's the I could talk to you forever I mean you're so fun I just I want to wrap up on the topic of jadedness because I, I get a lot of messages from people who are like you know, I'm dating someone and it doesn't work out. And then I get jaded. And like, you know, also both of us like working in Hollywood, there's a lot of jadedness as well. How do you navigate that for yourself? Like, cause just to not be jaded, it's tough.
1: That's interesting. I mean, I really like think like, you know, in terms of dating, it's like, it didn't work out. Okay. Like he's not your person. She's not your person. Like amazing. Like I think when people like get ghosted or something, they take it so personally because they're not confident instead of being like, okay, he just doesn't like me that much. Great. Like I don't want to be with someone that doesn't like me that much. Like, I don't. Like, I want to fuck yes. So it's like, I, you could see it as a criticism, or you could see it as a redirection. And in terms of work, I don't know. Like, just fucking power through. I don't get jaded. I'm fucking... I just like, I don't know. Like, I just, like, I want. I want everything, and I want it now.
0: I love
1: it. But yeah. I know I have to be patient.
0: No, I mean, listen. I, patience, I struggle with that as well. But you, you have this Bethany Frankel energy that I feel like I do, too. So love we're channeling her. that, and we love her. So... I, I yeah, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad She's at it.
1: it. Yeah, I think you just have to work. And obviously we both work our ass off. So
0: whatever. want a Maserati, work, bitch. Brittany said it. It's got to work. Oh, Brittany. For you Brittany. <laughs> Poor Brittany. We I know. Um, For Brittany, we love her. But yeah, no. there is this world that like kind of puts this pressure, this unseen pressure of like being perfect. And I think once I let go of that, that helped a lot totally because yep. nothing fucking matters nothing
1: matters. Matter. we're gonna die Ooh. nothing matters just do whatever you want nothing exactly. matters
0: <laughs> exactly yeah. oh my god you're the best i'm listen i didn't say it at the top of the show but you've been on forbes msnbc zo report all these things because you're a bad bitch and i think that we're friends now and i'm obsessed with you a
1: thousand fucking percent like
0: <laughs> L- you have to come on the astro show oh come my god the- i would I love show. to I come would on
1: the astro show done
0: Anytime, anytime you want me, I'm there. Come
1: next week, nine thirty Eastern. Like, come, like, watch a show and come. Uh, you'll, you'll, I'll put you first. Come.
0: Oh my god, come. I love you. I will need definitely. Your
1: commentary. Perfect.
0: I'm done. I'm done. I love to have commentary, so it's great. Um, Serena, tell us where people can follow you and kind of keep in touch and as you grow this freaking empire.
1: Serena Kerrigan at fucking everything. Twitter, Facebook, Facebook roll. TikTok, Instagram, Trina Kerrigan, fucking everything, and then watch my show. Let's fucking date. It's on Instagram. All the episodes are there from season one and season two, and a lot more in store. Bringing the card game back for holiday, so y'all can get it. I'll send you one, obviously, and it'll be fun.
0: Amazing. Thanks again. Thanks everyone. Thank you, love. Bye, Trina Kerrigan, my new friend. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Love you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and The Take On at bpn.fm backslash The Take On, and of course on my Instagram at Amir Official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate The Take On wherever you stream your podcast, and keep tuning in for more amazing guests.